cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. And boy, do we have a lot to discuss tonight as the Five Stripes go down to Orlando, the worst city in the entire United States. Maybe the world. Maybe the world. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't checked that yet, but it could be the worst in the entire world. They come out of there, though, after wading through the refuse, the sewage, through 500 yards of, of shit-smelling foulness, they come out of there with three points tonight. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is right over there. Say hi, Joe. That was a soccer match. It was. It was. And if it was against any other team, it would have just been a soccer match. But, whew, man, am I excited? Oh, so Dude, good. Just take it to those losers. Oh, it's my so God, good. I hate so, them so much. So so many good things about this night. First of all, the goal, our first goal that was totally undeserved on the Garza, you know, just going down Sog, getting the penalty. It's It feels so good when you just get one over like that against no. Orlando. And then well, at the end, obviously, the terrible, the terrible <laughs> dive by Will Johnson that they were all defending with their empty beer cans. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. They took a page off our book. A bunch of copycats throwing trash on the field. That's our thing. How dare they? A bunch of plastics. Uh, Speaking of Greg Garza, we'll go and get right to the recap. In the 10th minute, right before the 10th minute, Greg Garza goes down in the box after selling... I guess is the word for it. It's like a wrestling cell. Yeah, I mean, I he, he got pulled. Like, he had the hands on. He could definitely feel the hands on him, on him kind of pulling him. And I think he probably felt, uh, you know, what strikers always say is that, um, you know, if you feel the contact, you have the right to go down. So that's what he mm-hmm. did. And um, and that's why players do it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, so you get that call. And I want to say, I think it's right. And I know this is going to sound like super homer um, because it went in our favor, but... I think it's right that they did not go to VAR on that to try to try to determine the severity of the pull or of the tug, um, because that that's the exact kind of officiating I don't want to see. I don't want to see the the video assistant review uh, or referee, uh, you know, relitigating the calls that happened on the field. If it's something that happens, you know, that's the referee's discretion. Let it play out as it did, um, and those are just that's just the way it's going to fall. You can't you can't use like slow motion to kind of perfect that call. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And it was a unique instance, I think, just in the nature of the foul. It was a, a throat chop, a throat chop essentially from Christian Aguida, right, to Greg Garza. It was, like I said, it looked very much like a wrestling cell in the nature of uh, the way Garza responded to it. Either way, Atlanta United gets the penalty. Joseph Martinez steps up. Joseph Martinez steps up to the spot, knocks it home. He did the little yeah. the little hop the little hop thing that he always does. Yeah, it actually worked. It actually yeah, it actually works. So no one's no one's no one cares. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Perfect perfect. Joseph, uh good to see him get on the score sheet. He was still a little upset from time to time tonight, but he finally uh got back on the score sheet after a short time off. And, yeah, I, uh, saw, I saw Bobby Warshaw on Twitter put some put out something about um him he was wondering, you know, whether things were getting worse with Martinez and uh, Almiron and Barco, the three of them combining, and kind of the body language between them. But right at the right after the f- uh, final whistle, they showed the the three of them. Um, they were all together and laughing and joking after the, like immediately after the game, you know, um, kind of basking in the wind. So I don't think there was. I think that's just 
stuff that happens in the heat of the moment and i know you know we've all seen it with joseph by now um it's it's not a strange thing to anyone so that's just how he is that's uh, it fuels him to play that way to have that kind of edge so yeah i don't i don't i not to be fair um when bobby warshaw said that on twitter pretty much every atlanta fan was like nope it's no big deal that's just how he always is and yeah yeah that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the, and the Joseph we see on game days isn't the Joseph we see outside of that. Sometimes even at training, he's just a lot more loose. For sure. Um, and, of course, you see it on social media all the time, too, uh, just hanging out with LaBanda, as they call it. And, uh, you know, just chilling, just being a normal guy and not an angry, angry human like he is on the pitch sometimes, which makes him who he is. Uh, pays off in a big way, though, for Atlanta and I this time. one nothing there after the penalty. Uh, fast forward 21 minutes to the 31st minute. Ezekiel Barco gets on the board for the second time for the five stripes. What is up with him? And he he always it's like he loves to kiss the bar when he scores. It's like, oh, you know, it's just a little flair. Yeah, a little flair. That's yeah, all it is. I love it. I love it. But it was a great, it was a great goal. Um, it'll probably win goal of the week if it's nominated. Uh, right. I think MLS might might not nominate him um, this this week. But yeah, it was a it was a good Can goal. Can we do write in um, votes at that point? What's that? Can we do write-in votes at that point? I don't know. I think we could still force it somehow, force the issue. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, the, the goal was um, we were. It was a, a period in the game where we were just creating a ton, uh, and it was kind of yeah. on those kinds of um, opportunities where we were just kind of overloading the box. Um, Orlando was giving Greg Garza and Julian Gressel a lot of space to work. Um, they they kind of when. When the uh, our attacking midfielders were collapsing the the Orlando defense, and they just didn't have the support out in those wide areas, and they were able to uh, bang in the crosses left and right. So um, yeah, it was good that at least one of them turned out for us. But I thought we we could have done much better. I mean, the scoreline could have been four nothing at halftime instead of two nothing. Yeah, absolutely. There were there were multiple opportunities throughout the game where Atlanta just didn't capitalize. Uh, there was one point I remember specifically with Darlington Nagby running about. 70 80 yards with the ball at his feet making this gorgeous run and had options and atlanta just couldn't sort things out on the end product and that kind of seemed to be the theme tonight uh and he kept wondering kept wondering is orlando going to be able to sneak back into this one despite atlanta seeming to be in control and it happened in the 57th minute justin miram gets on the board for the first time in his orlando city career the was it really that was his first goal first goal dude wow terrible wow yeah Yeah. i mean he looked terrible in this game yeah. And I don't even know if we can give him that much credit on that goal. I mean, that was terrible goalkeeping by Alec Can. Alec Can, you're my you're my yeah. boy, but uh that would, I think he would admit that wasn't his his <laughs> his best moment. No, he kinda got caught, I think, in between catching and punching it, and when you do that, you hesitate, and when you hesitate, you punch the ball right back to the wrong team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there was just no reason to punch it. That I mean yeah, that was the thing. No, it's like I, and to me I kinda thought, you know, that's kind of just the lack of recent experience, not having that feel of the game a, a little bit, and you know, not really understanding that there was nobody around him, you know. And he, so he kind of did the probably what his mind was the safer option was, which is to try to parry the ball as far away as possible. But you know, obviously, it didn't go nearly far enough. It went right to Miram, who just put it right back in. So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, Orlando didn't really create a whole lot. I, I can't think of like a ton of great chances they had, you know. They ended up with six shots on target compared to four for us. But again, like you said, they weren't extremely memorable. They had a couple in, in a the lot second of ways. half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really just kind of seemed like it could have been ugly. It could have been ugly if Atlanta had been able to, to convert chances. And we'll talk. I think we had a good question 
uh, from Gabe about that yeah, later yeah. on in the show. Uh, but from that point on, after the Miriam goal, it was clinch time. It was it was full clinch the rest of the way. You just squeaky didn't quite bum. know. It was, yeah. Yeah, squeaky bum time, as it's, as it's been called. Uh, it was real iffy for a while there. We uh, Lando was applying a lot of pressure, and like we said, they couldn't really make any any stellar chances, but there was still always that thought of, oh, no, they're going to get some kind of fluky goal, and we're going to have to hear about it on Twitter for the next three months. Uh, it didn't happen. Once again, the three-five-two buttons down uh, the hatches, battens down the hatches, whatever it is, at the end <laughs> of the game, uh, and, and just shuts it down. And once again, uh, five strikes right out, a road win to the death. Uh, I think it's the third straight road win, fourth straight road win? Oh, fourth yeah. Road win. I think, uh, let's see, this one, Minnesota... Or not, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Minnesota will be in there, and Chicago, and we have one other one. Los Angeles. Yep. Yeah. Well, so four oh, right there. Yeah. Los Angeles. There you go. Um, uh, did, yeah. I saw a stat from uh, Doug Roberson, AJC, too, that four matches, four wins on the road already matches our total from last year. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that's going to help. That's going to be a huge boost for us in the points. You know, in our overall points that come the end of the season. Uh, yeah, because we'll we'll pick up a lot more. I mean, I think we're looking we're looking pretty good on the road. I thought it was one of those, you know, maybe it's just the Atlanta fan in me that was just expecting that bad thing to happen, you know, for them to, oh, yeah, for sure. that, you know, we have tired legs and we're just kind of trying to hold on and they get some BS, you know, lumped ball in the box, you know, we have mm-hmm. a backup goalkeeper in there. I thought for sure something was going to happen, but yeah, it's amazing to see us uh, dominate in that stadium. Yeah, they're kind of, cha- this team's kind of changing the narrative a bit on, on Atlanta-ing. I guess is what yeah, you would call it. Yeah. If you had a verb with it, uh, there used to be a thing in college football about Clemsoning, with Clemson always going out and losing big games, and, and they've of course changed that, winning national championship, all that kind of thing. Atlanta is is somewhat changing the culture a bit around this. You kind of there is still that clinching, there is still that nervousness that something terrible is going to happen, but it seems to happen uh, less and less with this team as things go on. Obviously, these are just regular season games. Uh, who knows what terrible, awful thing will befall us once we get to the playoffs. But for now, Atlanta is able to ride out some uh, really tough wins, and it's paying off. First place in the Eastern Conference, uh, 25 points through 11 games. Uh, New York City and Los Angeles uh, FC are playing right now. Uh, that'll be big in the Eastern Conference games going forward. But right now, a five-point cushion between us and NYC FC. Uh, and, and things looking great. Things looking great. Yeah, and you know what really puts it in perspective for me, at least, is the is when we hear these other coaches after the games um, that that play us. I know Vermees was very very complimentary of us. I think he called us the greatest show on turf and um, compared us to you know those those teams, those Rams teams in the NFL that were running up huge huge scores and yardage totals. Uh, and then tonight, I think uh, Jason Christ called us the apex of MLS. So you know, just mm-hmm. just boosting our egos, making us feel so so warm and fuzzy. Thank you, Jason Christ. Um, yeah, you know, maybe Orlando can get to our level someday. And the thing is, uh, this defense is not getting uh, its just reward uh, so far. I think uh, people are kind of sleeping on it a little bit. Uh, Thirteen goals allowed through eleven games. Uh, looking up and down the MLS standings, only two teams have allowed less, and that's Columbus and New York Red Bulls. Uh, Columbus has played a, one more game than us. New York Red Bulls has played two less. Uh, so there you go. The defense is getting the job done as well. Everything seems to be working uh, at, at maximum capacity, whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, and it, it, exactly. That's exactly it. I was just going to say, you know, it's amazing the defensive record considering kind of the revolving door we've had at the back this year with Chris McCannon, yep. Franco Escobar missing like almost the whole season, save for like a few games so far. Um, How good was Robinson? Yeah, Miles Robinson has Miles Robinson has stepped in twice this this year and just performed mm-hmm. like you know like you would expect like a MLS veteran to do so. So even Sal Zizzo played last game. So, I mean, like literally yep. we've played everyone on our roster in the defensive <laughs> position. Mikey Ambrose has had a start this year. So, um, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's really incredible. And especially considering it's not really like what people think about when they think about Atlanta United, you know, they think about the goals and the, the players and Tata Martino and the attacking system and the flair and all of that. But Really, it's that bedrock of the the solid defense that's really carried us, and I think that's probably the biggest difference between us this year and last year. Yeah, excluding that that Houston game that never happened, we haven't allowed more than two goals uh, since then uh, on the road. Over the last four games, we've allowed two road goals. That's it. Uh, a couple clean sheets there as well. Uh, it's just been extremely impressive on all fronts. I did want to talk with you a little bit and get your thoughts on it. Uh, you being the more tactical-minded, I think, of the two of us. Um, and it seemed like people were agreeing with this sentiment on Twitter, but it seemed like the midfield was non-existent, somewhat for both teams tonight, uh, mm. especially. Uh, I think Atlanta fans were maybe expecting a little more possession. I don't quite know. Yeah. Um, it just kind of seemed like a very direct attacking style tonight for Atlanta, which was uh, somewhat different. Well, I, I think that we were just trying to take whatever Orlando was giving us in terms of opportunities on the counterattack. Whenever we've played this three-at-the-back system, our, our game plan has really been centered around um, seizing those counterattacking opportunities and and using the speed of Miguel Almiron especially to progress the ball very quickly uh, and Nagby with those, you know, those outlet passes he has or his ability to just kind of leave one guy in midfield and then he has like 50 yards of space to run for, run with. Um, I think that was kind of our game plan here. Uh, we probably knew that Orlando, like, you know, they're not going to, like, they don't trust their center backs enough and their defensive line to keep a lot of possession and push up high and kind of retain the ball on us. We knew they were probably going to try to come at us um, and just try to score goals and outscore us because that's basically what they've been doing on their on their stretch run. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just one of those things where we just had the opportunities for there for us to attack. And then, um, you know, later in the game, we kind of bunkered a little bit because we didn't quite have the had the legs and we needed just need to just protect that lead. But um, yeah, there was, it was kind of a non-existent midfield game, which is our, those are always the most fun games to watch, you know, cause yeah. it's just up and down. Did you, did you agree with the decision to go three, five, two tonight? I did, you know, and I, and I, I would, you know, I've been one of the bigger proponents of the four, two, three, one, but I would keep going with the three, five, two on the road. I, I think that's a pretty yeah, like solid plan. plan. Um, it's a, you know, you're, you're safe, you know, defensively, and when you're playing on the road, the the home team's always the onus is going to be on them, right, to come out and like attack and impress their home crowd. So that just plays right into our hands when we're playing in that system. Um, I think at home we should go with the four two three one, but yeah, yeah. I really wanted to see the tactical idea of bringing on Tito late as a sub who was going to just have fresh legs coming against a tired defense payoff. It almost did a couple times. He got into space a couple of uh, different opportunities there, but couldn't quite find the end product, which again was the theme of tonight. Uh, but a really nice planning, I think, from Tata, even though uh, you know we could kind of tell what was up as soon as we saw the lineup and we saw Tito on the bench. Uh, but uh, everything, like I said, just just worked really, really well tonight. And I agree. I think it's 3-5-2 uh, on the road going forward. And I'm totally fine with that. It's paying yeah. off. Yeah, totally. 
totally. And it's 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 tough. We haven't seen Vialba um, play his best in these two uh, games where he's been coming off the bench against Chicago as well. I think he came on late, and we always, well, at least I uh, was really excited about that opportunity about that the prospects of him coming in so late in the game and kind of using his fresh legs to run it, guys. But it's it's been a little tough for him because um, the rest of our team in both those games have been so dead that when he comes in, there's no one there to support him at all. It's just him. Yeah. So um, it's, a little, it's, 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 it's tough, but, you know, I, I think it's still a very sound, solid strategy. Like we said, it pays off tonight for the Five Stripes. 2-1 winners over. Orlando City, and you guys had questions about it. We'll go ahead and move on to our listener cues. Our first one comes from a guy, actually, no. I know this guy. Hey. Really? Uh, this is from uh, Benjamin Morales at BenMorales77 on Twitter, who asked, Could anyone locate the sniper that got El Munir? I freeze-trained at least 70 times and couldn't find him anywhere. And I think I have an answer for this. Uh, it may have actually been Sasa Klishten. They got into a little spat there at the end, didn't they? Did they? They, 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 they did. They oh, were, I didn't see this. In the midst of Will Johnson, Will Johnson, I Go on. guess yeah. is, is mm-hmm. the way we'll say it, uh, <laughs> and, and the pushing and the shoving going on there between both teams, it seemed like somewhere in the midst of that fight, its separate fight branched off from that, <laughs> and it happened to be two people on the same team, Kleisten, and uh, El Munir going at it for whatever reason. Uh, Christ did say post game that, that they made up. They, they, they hugged it out, guys. They're going to be okay. Mm, interesting. Be okay. See, I'm pissed at this El Munir thing because I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. When he first went down, I thought it was a serious injury. I thought, you know, I thought it was his Achilles. He was kind of holding his Achilles. And that's one of those things that, you know, when I first saw the replay, I was like, oh my God, that is a terrible, like, flop dive. Like, I, I, and I'm yeah. pretty sure what, you know, obviously what was happening, he was trying to draw a red card, um, you know, trying to act like Julian Gressel had, you know, done something terrible to him when he was off right. the ball. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I uh, I, tr- I gave him the benefit of the doubt at first, but then when he, when he came on and started just, like, running around playing, I was like, ah, I've been had. I've been had. <laughs> Harrison Hibbert. But, uh, on Twitter had a great video uh, that he made. I uh, just kind of right on the spot, I think, of like the street Gold. fighter yeah. uh, <laughs> person doing a, a bunch of high kicks and all of a sudden it comes in and me near. Uh, gets <laughs> kicked in the face by the, the street fighter. A uh, little sprite there. It was amazing. But I'm not quite uh, sure what he, like, he ended up just hurting, kind of hurting Orlando. He just wasted a ton of time. I mean, he was down yeah. for a while. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They, uh, they, uh, they had an interesting night together as a team, Orlando, with, with getting mad at each other a few times. And, of course, uh, I have many, many thoughts on Will Johnson. Uh, one, the fact that Will Johnson continues to be employed by Orlando City mm. Soccer Club, yeah. uh, which is a whole different discussion. Yeah. Uh, two, the, he, he took an obvious, obvious dive there at the end and, and had the audacity, audacity to look at the, the ref and uh, say, are you effing kidding me, or whatever he, he decided to shout. Uh so, so someone said he looked like bald Shia LaBeouf, which makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like so like Orlando City is like a dysfunctional family, and Will Johnson is like the alcoholic uncle who's like functions and like gets up, who like never sleeps and is just always drinking and is up at like you know up from like six a.m. to two a.m. every day, uh-huh. and just like just like running on some 
basically fueled by alcohol. That's that's how I imagine him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he's that uncle that, that no one really really talks about, and he he does show up to all the family gatherings. No one's quite sure who who invited him, <laughs> yeah. but when they have conversations with him, there's no eye contact. It's very minimal eye contact on both sides yeah. because he, one he kind of one he kind of smells weird. Uh, two, he's brought his own beer to the Sunday school <laughs> class function that <laughs> it's like steel reserve here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, no, he brewed it. This is the Pilsner that he's had under his bed for <laughs> the last like four months. Um, and he won't stop talking about it he won't stop talking about it. Um, yeah. and then he gets really angry when he, he realizes he's, he's like, pissed. He, he's, he's really pissed. He can't get a job. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's not his fault. Oh, it's the government's fault for sure. <laughs> yes, he's definitely sure. ain't, ain't him. <laughs> ain't him. Um, gosh, screw that guy. <laughs> I have harsher words, but go to hell, Will Johnson. Person. Just a bad human all around. Go ahead and Google that. We're not going to get into it. We don't yeah. want to make light of anything uh, serious that happened, but screw that guy for sure. Um, this actually leads us into our next question. Michael Holcomb asks, can we talk about that flop on the, at the end and the trash on the field? And like I've said, uh, Orlando stealing our bit. I I don't, I don't (laughs) like that at all. I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't know if it's becoming a funny characteristic. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember if I mentioned this earlier, but, uh, I just love the fact that their defense, like they were just so full hearted defending, a terrible dive like they, oh, yeah, you know, they didn't they didn't know it they they probably assumed that he will johnson you know is uh is being the upstanding citizen that he claims to be but you know like, like once again yeah. they're all being conned by him and uh yeah they're just gonna look so stupid i wonder what their what the, their fan reaction is going to be because like really he made them all look like idiots um you know for supporting well, him in a I, i've seen a few things on twitter of course the Orlando fans popping out of the woodwork uh after you make fun of them a little bit and they get upset, mm-hmm. um, you know, go into their normal hacky shtick, lazy, you know, crass jokes about the ref being on his knees or whatever, asking it would, to tell him when the ref uh, got off his knees in the locker room. Hilarious. Yeah. So clever. Just just really highbrow shit there. Yeah, I never heard um, that one. Right, exactly. Um, classic Orlando. That's actually from an Orlando blog that has like <laughs> 2,000 followers, apparently. Um, so the best of the best coming out for Orlando. Uh, so yeah, they, they still seem to be ride or die with it. I thought it was funny. Um, I, I called it a reverse Geigering like midway through uh, because that's what it felt like. It felt like, uh, you know, what happened last week with us and, and, and Geiger with the fans being really, really upset, which is kind of little calls going mm-hmm. uh, the wrong way each time and it just kind of built to a head yeah and uh, of course they were ready to to do anything to express their displeasure with it will johnson gave them uh every opportunity and i'll tell you no there's no fan base that loves uh flicking the bird more than orlando fans like i'm i don't know how many i saw in this game it was just like yeah any time there was a goal kick like someone behind the goal was like flicking off <laughs> alec can did you like. see the did you see the the the, the thing i sent into the slack uh I, and I put a na- not safe for work tag on it. It's on the interwebs if you folks want to find it. Um, a, a woman behind the net uh, as Joseph was running up to take his PK or just about to take his PK decided to, 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 to lift up her shirt. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in full view of the camera and everything like that. Um, 
it was it was a bold choice to say to say the least. They're very comfortable with she, with uh, casual nudity down there in Orlando. She should know that too. Joseph's on Tinder, and like <laughs> that, that's where, you, or maybe like Bumble or something, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 For He's sure. Classy. He is. He is. Um, let's move on before we get in too much trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I have so much to say about Orlando fans, though, and they're just their 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 awful trashness and how they're just the worst of humanity that only moved to Florida in the first place because no one wanted them and they needed a place to send people, uh, and it only became available to them once air conditioning got invented. Once air conditioning got invented and they said, oh, okay, it's not a human rights violation to send these people to Florida. They just sent all the trash in America to, to, to Florida. And that's how it worked out. And now they're all Orlando City fans. Um, and I hate them and their do stupid you th- faces. Do, do you think they realize how they come off? Or do you think they... see? To no, me, the, to that's me, the thing. There's no self-awareness. They either, they, yeah, they either don't realize it or they do realize it and are just like saying, fuck it, we'll, pl- we'll just play into it. But yeah, I do, I'm I'm with you. I don't think they even get it. Well, I mean, like you even see you even see the blogs, the people you know in their media. You see their supporters groups, and they're all doing this crap. And there are some people in in our circles, and you'll know the supporters group I'm talking about, Joe yes. Patrick, oh, that, yeah. that give off that vibe. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much else going on elsewhere that's actually really, really positive. And yeah. it's really hard to find the positive with them. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And like. It seems so like uniform across their whole fan base. Like, exactly. It's, it's very weird. Exactly. So, so the jokes I make about like, you know, them following Kid Rock on tour and wearing cargo shorts <laughs> and stuff like that um, and just being bathed in Axe body spray. Uh, it fits all of them. It fits all of them. It is a it is a master key to describing every single aspect of them because I just have yet to encounter one that I've been like, oh, I enjoyed that reasonable and competent human I was talked <laughs> right. with who had very thoughtful things to say on any subject ever. Yeah, and they're I all, hate the state of Florida. So the petulant. state of Florida is trash. <laughs> the whole place is garbage. Like you immediately, like you cross the state line into Florida, and you immediately feel like you hate yourself like five percent more. Yeah. Because yeah. and as you get deeper into it, you actively realize that like you have bought a pair of jean shorts. You're not sure how it got into your car, but you have them now, uh, and you're getting you're getting a face tattoo. You have signed up for a face tattoo now. Uh, <laughs> you you are scheduled as soon as you get like about to Gainesville. I, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like when you're when you're driving into Florida, and like as soon as you cross over the state border, you kind of start to realize that like, man, the ocean is not that far below me. Like I feel like the ocean is like overtaking this state. Like there's like mm-hmm. ponds everywhere. There's like puddles and swamps and marshes and stuff. And I think it like puts you on edge. Like it, at least it yeah. does for me. It's I, I I start thinking like, well, as you the, know, as the water man, I, I got to get out of here before I like fall into some quicksand or something. And then exactly, you know, and you, that leads to like meth and a lot of other bad decisions. Exactly. I think it all can kind of be explained that the water is one rising, like you said, but as the water rises, more alligators are moving in on them and mm-hmm. they are ever, ever closer to death. Um, so might as well, you know, do some heroin. And that's Florida. <laughs> yeah. Let's move like, on. Should yeah. we? Should we? Yeah, let's, let's move on to Darlington Abbey. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get this out in our preview pod that we didn't get the, our preview H-Dad. Uh, just... 
I don't know. I wrote like 5,000 words on how much I hate Orlando. Go check that out on DSS. <laughs> um, this one comes from Andrew Freeman, who asks, should Darlington have been switched off earlier? Didn't seem to have a lot of pep in his step. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure exactly what Kratz brings other than monster set pieces. Uh, Kratz brings a little bit of stability. Um, he... It's, I mean, it, he's a little better defensively than Nagby, yes? Maybe. I, I would say pro- they're probably the same. I mean, Probably Kratz, about the same. All right, so yeah. Kratz is a guy who, you know, you're right in that, like, aside from his free kicks, he doesn't have some like something that he excels at uh, technically, but he is very smart, and he's just, like, knows what he can and can't do with the ball, so he doesn't make many mistakes. Um, and he's just, like, another body, really, that you're just throwing in midfield to try to congest things, try to break things up. Um, and as far as Darlington coming out, I don't think you want to ever take, like, I think he's going to play 90 minutes in almost every game for us because, uh, unless we're like winning huge and we don't really need him, um, in any close game, he's going to be in there because Darlington brings so much to the table. Um, he, he can get you out of trouble with the ball. Um, I noted that tonight on Twitter that one of the areas that he's progressed the most is without the ball. Um, just getting into those physical challenges. He's gotten way more physical. Kind of, we needed that because, you know, he didn't have that kind of bite that Carlos Carmona had for us last season, and he's kind of developing it. Obviously not to that extent, um, but he's getting much better. So I think Nagby is also, like, a very well-rounded player, and I I wouldn't expect him to be coming off the field in any close game we played this year. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Should he have been switched off earlier, though? I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like I said, there were a lot of questions about just kind of the lack of midfield. Um, and I guess the idea would be that Kratz would solidify a little more, but I just don't think it was happening. Now, oh, did he come? Did Darlington come off at the end? I was kind of I was writing a piece um, toward in the second half, so I was kind of in and out. Yeah, he came off. Was uh, he the last sub? On the last sub, eighty uh, seventh okay. minute. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, you know, and Kevin Kratz has to make his contractually obligated appearance. So yeah, yep. It's just it's just the nature of the game. Yep. Uh, next question comes from Chris Herbert, one of our favorite Twitter handles and one of our favorite question askers at Kirk Chirp Street. Uh, do Orlando fans cry tears of bushlight or something less classy like old Milwaukee? And then I actually know the answer to this, having having researched. Ah uh, uh, yes. Myself, of course. It's it's like a it's like a strawberry. Mike's Hard Lemonade kind of mix, but it's like an <laughs> off-brand Mike's Hard Lemonade. Um, I'm not quite. I think it's. I'm not quite sure what the name of it is, but it's. It tastes kind of like like uh, if you mixed like Kool Aid with toothpaste, like a minty toothpaste, mm. um, and it's like 0.2 percent alcohol. But you know what? It, a, a couple drinks in, they're already buzzed. Nice. There's my a- answer. My answer to this would be Zima. That's what I think they drink. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you might have actually been more correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, huh. bunch of bunch of sad Orlando fans in Applebee's bar getting blitzed on Zima is just is just my dream right now. God, I'm I'm a little turned on. Gonna be honest. Um, <laughs> there's a Zima shortage at the Applebee's. What happened? <laughs> Oh, Orlando lost. Don't don't worry about Will it. Will Johnson's like, damn it. <laughs> Will, John- Will Johnson walking into an Applebee's and being sad about the lack of Zima is all I've ever wanted to think about in life. All. Oh. Uh, 
<laughs> God, I hate Orlando. All right, moving on. Uh, next question comes from Eli Stafford, who says, how about the performance from Barco? Another goal of the week from the boat show? Like we said, he'll probably win. He's nominated. Uh, but once again, very, very good. The dude's just good. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. just going to continue to grow and grow. Yeah. Um, I still want to see more of him in the 4-2-3-1. But once again, probably the man of the match tonight, honestly. Yeah, he's just so he he's just so great on the ball. Um, I, R- Rob Usry, uh, one of our co-managers at Dirty South Soccer, he um, was not pleased with how easily he was giving up the ball uh, in okay. challenges. So that's I guess that's fair. But I know he... I know for a fact on the one that Rob was complaining about, I've personally thought he was fouled. Um, it was actually they went on to score the goal right after it. They they yeah that was, they they took it off of him, went in, shot on can. That's when he gave up that. That terrible rebound, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought overall he was very, very, very good. I think he's been one of one of, if not our, well, yeah, probably not better than Almiron over the last like three or four games, but um, definitely a close, close to him in second. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He he does this thing where he he's very intent on being fouled a lot of the time, and that kind of gets him into trouble. And I think that's where a lot of the the points where he gets dispossessed comes from is because he's so focused on drawing the foul yeah totally. Uh, sometimes he kind of forgets to just hold on to the ball yeah i know? think he's like trying to you know that's like his kind of method for slowing the game down and kind of regaining his breath is by taking a foul trying to draw a foul so he can stop the game and just recuperate a little bit but um yeah he doesn't i feel like in in mls he's not going to get that as much as he probably got in argentina yeah for sure uh we're going to kind of speed through this here uh, this next question comes from uh, Carlos Rivera at Carlos J one on the Twitters. Uh, was the second half performance a result of the effort versus SKC? Uh, maybe some tired legs. Uh, I think it's not necessarily the the effort against Sporting, uh, but just the fact that it's the third game in what was it seven days there, eight yeah. days. Yeah, uh, you're gonna have tired legs, and that's just kind of gonna be what happens. Um, but you know, once again, they, they they do enough to hold on. Ben, don't break, man. And we've seen this kind of game plan from Atlanta United in these in these away games, like against Minnesota, Chicago, and Los Angeles. I think in all three of those games, we kind of bunkered in at the end, especially for like about the last thirty minutes. Maybe we come out in the in the second half and um, you know try try to get like a a, a killer goal in the first fifteen minutes of the second half. But uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of kind of a tactic uh, overall. But I'm I'm sure that you know the players were more tired after this game um, because of that, all that effort expenditure and against SKC. I probably played a little bit part of it, but yeah, as you said, I, th- I think it's more just uh, the overall yeah. co- fixture congestion. And you kind of wonder if, if that tiredness leads into our next question. Uh, this comes from Gabriel Gonzalez at Gabe J. Gonzalez 25. Hey, that's a much better Twitter handle, buddy. You did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you did it. Well done, Gabe. Well done, oh, I Gabe. just noticed that. It's funny. I put, I put this tweet in our show sheet, and I didn't even re- recognize that he... I mean, I recognized Gabe. I didn't realize, even realize he changed his handle. Ah, well done, Gabe. Well much done. better. The Easy on the eyes. Have on yeah. people, it's much better. I like it. We're helping him out. Uh, he asked, and it's a, it's a really good question, is it time to have a conversation about Atlanta's so-so finishing? Uh, Atlanta currently leads the league in goals scored in points, but we haven't done so hot in the many chances uh, we've created. Uh, and he, he brings up missed goals against sporting. And a few missed opportunities tonight. Um, and it does seem like the finishing maybe hasn't been there. Uh, but we were outperforming, I think, our, ourselves a little bit last year. And we kind of got spoiled, maybe. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think last year we had like one of the all-time mo- like most outperformed um, expected goals to goals uh, ratios like 
of all time. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. We had like 17 more goals than expected goals. It was really weird. Um, so yeah, all it it's, is, but it's, is, is a, it's a I, regression I still, of the norm. Yeah, it, it is regression, but I still feel like we've, we have been finishing poorly uh, this year. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the last three or four games, we, we've been saying that we could have had, you know, at least two more goals or something, but um, it's true. But if you go and look at our, at our at our finishing numbers this year, we're actually not bad. Or well, yeah. based on the based on their algorithm, like this is I think this comes from American Soccer Analysis. Um, we're basically even. Like we have about the same amount of goals as, as goals expect we would be expected to score. So we're our finishing, you know, is perhaps average, but. I don't know. It just still feels worse than it could be. But I guess that yeah. maybe that's how everyone feels <laughs> that they yeah. they should be scoring more goals than they do. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's regression. And, and if it, if it is just one of these things where we're we're underperforming, uh, where we could be getting, or you know, just just having a drop off uh, when it does finally click, and when we do start outperforming ourselves a little bit again, it's gonna be scary, y'all. It's gonna be real, real scary uh, with what this team can do offensively but right now defense carrying the load a little bit um and just you know we're doing enough to get the job done that's all that matters man i, I think for that any matters. of the any of the stat heads out there i would say pay attention to our goal our goal to expected goal ratio or difference um yeah. based on games that we play in the 3-5-2 and then based on games that we play in the 4-2-3-1 i'd be interested to know if for whatever reason uh we score more goals than our expected goals would say in the four two three one, because last year we played four two three one, we hugely outperformed our expected goals. So I would just be interested to know if that's something that holds true, or if that was just some random outlier. Yeah, could just be creating better chances. I don't, I don't really know. We'll, yeah, we'll I don't. See. We'll yeah. see. Uh, and hopefully, we'll see it soon when we come back and and, and probably switch to four two three one once we're back at home uh, against. Uh, oh, this is a fun one next Sunday against Red Bulls. Ooh. Uh, Big big game, big big game. There, we'll have a preview H dad up for that one at some point this week. Because I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's gonna, that's be, gonna a ton, be good. A ton of fun. That's at a Sunday night uh, in the bins. Uh, should be a national TV game there too. I think. Oh, it's Sunday night. Fun. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. More. <laughs> I just got. A, I just got a little less excited. And more late nights for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like leaving Mercedes Benz Stadium can we please, at twelve o'clock at night. Can we on please not play on a on a work night one of these nights? I feel like every time we have a night game, there's work the next day. It's just part of the experience and part of the work and effort we're putting into this for you guys. And you guys should should do something nice for us. Like, I don't know, go on iTunes or 8 us 5 stars. Just could be something. Just yeah. could be something. You don't even have to pay us money into our Patreon account. Yeah. Because we don't have exactly. one. Exactly. Because we probably will never have one. Uh, we'd appreciate it. We would appreciate it, guys. It would be nice. Uh, and something... And someone, I'm trying to find the segue here. Uh, we would appreciate you guys doing that for us. And we just want to let you guys know who you maybe should be appreciating a little more. There you go. On the soccer team. You I got there. You got there. I got there. My Lorenowitz uh, man of the night. Oh, yep, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. I was going to lead in the whole thing, but you know what, go ahead. It's cool. Joseph Martinez. Finally ah. giving it to an attacking player. After all the defenders have gotten all the glory <laughs> this year. From this prestigious award, uh-huh. uh, giving it to Joseph Martinez, just thought he uh, threw his body around tonight. Um, did just did a lot of hard work up top. The he, the, the Orlando he defenders were being real physical. More, with him. I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. 
yep, he chased a lot of balls, and he they, they were just being physical with him on the long balls, and he was he was boxing guys out, um, just and getting like he was leap, making some crazy leaps on these headers, um, re- and, like his body was just landing on the on the ground like a rag doll. Um, so yeah, just appreciated all that all that hard work he put in tonight. I'm glad yeah, he got was his it, goal. What, was it Higuita who scared, squared up to him a little bit there? At one point, it was one of the bigger dudes. I can't remember. Um, I'm it was. not sure. I'm not, I don't but know. Joseph is like you know. Joseph is every bit of like five seven. You know, squaring up to a dude who was pretty pretty stout there, and it was awesome to watch. Awesome to watch. He's the man. Love Joseph. Joseph would uh, bet would not stand down to anyone. Nah, Joseph's never. like a little like terrier dog who like thinks he's as big as a you know Rottweiler. <laughs> he's got a little Napoleon complex. <laughs> he it's does. What, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Why we love him. Uh, my Lurinets man goes to the one and only, the veteran presence of Michael Parkhurst. I thought Parky was really good. I thought he did a good job cutting off a couple counters uh, tonight. Always seemed to be really in good positions to, to make things happen. Uh, this is like the 40th time Parky has won uh, said award, so he's got a lot of copies of the tax code or whatever the trophy is we decided. Uh, but once again, really, really good. And I've decided to, to only refer to him as veteran presence, Michael Parkhurst. Uh, I would like to refer to him by his full title. It's like when uh, when a uh, someone has done postdoctorate research and now deserves to be called doctor so-and-so. Uh, Michael Parkhurst has done his time and deserves that, that veteran presence, Michael Parkhurst, in front of his name. Uh, or maybe call him like VP mm, or something. Just yeah. make sure we, we are being cognizant of his official title veteran presence michael parkhurst we need to figure yeah let's get his corporate title uh, let's brainstorm that this week nice. if you have if you have if, if our listeners have any ideas hit us up on twitter beautiful beautiful also beautiful our quote of the night comes from the lovely jason christ whose very first quote in his post-game press conference was we can't do that we we, we can't do that we certainly want to be a difficult place to play but we need to show the right amount of restraint yeah, you bunch of hooligans, stop throwing crap, <laughs> losers! Oh, yeah, the fans got. And then he sad. called. And then he called mm-hmm. Atlanta the apex of MLS. So thank you, Jason Kreis. Thank you, buddy. He loves us. He's such a good guy. Such a good Love guy. Better uh, wrap it up here from Five Stripe Final again. Five Stripes winners, two to one. A reminder that Orlando City has made the playoffs just as many times as they've beaten Atlanta United now. Uh, so a big moment for them there. Um, and yeah, we'll be back sometime this week with a preview HDAD for the New York Red Bulls game, which, like we said, we're very, very excited. Probably the two most exciting teams in the East right now, mm-hmm. I would think. Yep. Uh, you could lump NYCFC in there, too. But, of course, Red Bulls just took it to them uh, a couple Saturdays and ago. And they're losing right now. NYCFC is. LAFC just scored a goal in the 66th minute. So they're down wow. 2-1. There you go. Yep. There you go. That's big for us. Let us know what the final score is tomorrow when you hear this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. That'll do it from Five Strike Final. I'm J. Sam Jones at J underscore Sam Jones on Twitter. You can find Joe Patrick at JAPatrick200 on the Twitter. And let's do some shout out. Shout out to Ryan Coutney, Chris Cromondi, Caitlin Stevens, Hira Murray, Donald Glover, uh, Jason Kreiss as well because he's our buddy. Uh, Joe Bendick, who was also terrible tonight. It was hilarious. Uh, everyone else in Orlando who was also trash, I hope you're all sad, and I hate your faces. Joe Bendick has a really dumb face. My shout-outs are to <laughs> shout-out Jorge Thieler, shout-out Justin Belhuis, shout-out Chris Ramondi, and shout-out uh, Justin Belhuis again. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, folks, we'll catch you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.